On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we discuss this week in the market, how to make money when there's no identified sector, and bringing back some bio DD. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Buy the fucking dip. Hey, who told me about IDEX? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, likes this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out there making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity at Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Today's episode of Pennies Going In Raw is brought to you by Benzinga. Benzinga is our absolute favorite resource to use to trade with. We use it for charts and news and scanners look guys we use it for everything except for buying and selling stocks i mean that's all there is to it and if you're not using benzinga pro which you can get for two weeks free at pro.benzinga.com that's pro.benzinga.com you should at least be checking out their youtube channel every single day youtube.com forward slash Benzinga. They have Hot Stocks Lukes and a just plethora of fantastic guests from me and Hugh to Mia Khalifa to Ripster to CEOs of companies to CEOs of Weeble. They have it all, guys. Make sure you check it out. That's youtube.com forward slash Benzinga. Welcome back to another episode of Pennies Going In Raw. Today is Sunday, May the 30th, and we're rocking a three-day weekend. So make sure to spend some time with the family, enjoy it all. But the past five days, as we get ready for the next four days, we're quite good. It seems like we can finally say these small caps are hitting. They're finding bottoms. But not only that, you're seeing sympathies and you got the meme stocks. I mean, it, it, it's good news for, for all of Fintwit except for Crypto Fintwit. But, uh, I mean, this past week has definitely been an exciting change of pace for us retail traders. Yeah, you could see the blatant uh, inflow into small caps or really into growth overall. Not just small caps, but just growth names overall. But uh, when we saw the outflow in j- j- late January, it was more of like a subtle, like uh, kind of like sneaking out the back door of that it was more of like a transitional phase where this was just like a, everybody trying to get in the door at the same time like growth was just up in it like growth everything was just up in growth uh it didn't matter what spy was doing it just came down to simple supply and demand this time you saw the, the sector rotation or really like the overall rotation of inflow outflow there was a huge inflow in it they weren't even trying to hide it so that's a really good thing uh if you're a small cap trader or a growth trader I really think I have a great feeling about this summer. I I think that that whole like may go away. Usually that would be like the big funds and stuff. I think that in this case, that's going to be those automatic algos that just 
trigger and fade anything that pops. I think that there are some great deals in the market. I think that those algos are gonna turn off. And when those algos turn off, and we don't even honestly need the other algos to turn on, but when those algos turn off, that's when you can see those huge rippers. And as you said, sympathies. When sympathies are back and you have something up over 100%, that's like, to me, that's, there's no beautiful of a market. There's no more beautiful that market than that. Yeah, dude, the sympathies, I feel like we're, we're so good to finally have back because, you know, obviously when sympathies are running, you can be a sympathy trader and, and you may miss the first one. The news came, you see it run. But, you know, being able to catch that bigger move, even the smaller move, just but you know it's going to happen back when UAVS and Vistle, like we always talk about. And having those lists of sympathies is always, you know, like we say, it's so important. But going back to just kind of the market in general, I guess talking about the meme stocks. I mean, AMC is all-time high. You know, we saw it before Robinhood played its games. It stopped it at 25, remember? Yeah. Uh, in that pre-market. GME is, seems to be the one that's lagging behind this time. It's around, what, 250 or 200 area. But AMC is now leading the way for the meme stocks. Is, that a, is it a passing of the torch, or is GME, the market cap's just, like, so high? Yeah, I think GME was, like your first girlfriend and it's like all right now you're you know once you're done you're, with you're them, still you're still going back to see her you know even though you're you're at the movies with the new girl no <laughs> yeah you know it's like high school you know, you're growing up in like a small town you know like a, what's that song like you still see you at the red light but you know, you're you're, you're going home you're you're going home from college for the winter and <laughs> you know your 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 current college girlfriend, she lives in Maine. You know, she won't know. It, you see her at the grocery <laughs> store, you know, and, and I think that's how GME is. But I think that AMC, AMC is a household name. It makes sense to people. GME, everybody was just like, man, screw it. Like, like, let's see if we can moon this bitch, you know? And yeah, AMC, it's like people, I mean, it, it makes like things are opening up. Yeah. People are going back to the movies. So like my mom's talking to me in the airport and she's like, well, pff, AMC. Like, it seems like a no-brainer from here. Like, it's it's going to go up once 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 everything's back to capacity. So I think that everybody kind of has the same idea, which is great and scary because there could be tons of liquidity in this thing, which means that if you do if you trade it the wrong way, you could buy it bottom. I mean, you could buy it top, sell it bottom, you know, and it could just be inside like a $10 range. With the amount of volume that we've seen, it could be inside a $10 range for months and you would be awesome. chopped up. I mean, it'd be awesome for traders, but <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like new traders come into the market, they buy at 30, yeah, it gets to 28.5, they sell, it bounces off 26. Now it's back over 30, they rebuy, you know, it hits 35, they don't sell, then it hits 30 again, they sell for break even. You know, so it's like that real mental game. When when you first get into trading, you know, you don't understand that that you actually enjoy dips. So I think that, that that's one of the things is that, you know, GME, everybody was just kind of like, yeah, screw it. Like, like GME is from my pastime, you know, let's go get modern warfare and stand in line. You know, let's, let's lie to the get cashier about our yeah. age. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, let's go a $60 game for $5 trade in, uh, where AMC, I think everyone, everyone can see the thesis and everyone can see the catalyst and they also see what it's, what AMC has done before and what GME has done before. And everyone's like, yeah, like done, like, let's do it. Uh, but that being said, I think there's two ways to play this. If you were moon, moon, hold, hold from $3, $5, $7, you've more than quadrupled your investment. Take the money, 
or at least take out two thirds of the position. If you still are inside like this cult of like, it's going to go to a thousand, that's fine. But take out two thirds of the position. Oh, dude, AM, AMC, I think they want it going to 500,000 now. Um, or like five, they wanted something ridiculous. Oh, so it'd be like a $2 uh, trillion dollar company. <laughs> but it'll be Apple. It'll be Apple to $2 trillion. Nice. It's crazy. But I mean, like, if you think about it, like, I, when I think about movies and then GameStop, I, I do frequent GameStop only because it is right beside where I get my haircut, which I no longer go because that super cuts fucked me. But yeah, whenever I was waiting for my haircut, I would go and I would go into GameStop and just browse. Never spend any money. But with movies, although I haven't been to a movie theater in forever, I could, you know, it's still one of those, like, with games, they come out digitally now, I download them there. But with movies, even if they came directly to Netflix or whatever, I mean, there's still the allure of going to the movie theater, paying $8 for their really salty, buttery, delicious popcorn, and, you know. Yes, exactly. I was talking about going with Sal, going to a Corella, Gorilla, something like that, and... That's what we were talking about, was that even though it's on Disney Plus, yeah, there's like a different thing about going to the actual movies. And also it's like Yeah, and it's an easy date idea. It's an, Come yeah. on, like if the easiest at fifteen, your mom's gonna let you go, you know? It, it uh, yeah, you might not yeah, have a girl you a to reason, go because you know, she might break your heart, but and, and it's something that, that can you can lie to your mom about at fifteen. Hey, I'm going to the movies. There's three hours. She she can't call you. <laughs> so, you know, you're busy, your phone's off, you know, so it's big. Oh, and, and just a little first advice. First dates to the movies, eat first, then go. Because it's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just in there sitting beside someone you don't really know. Also, from like a perspective, like at 15, like I didn't have popcorn and hot dog movie. No, 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 no. I mean, listen, that's just expensive. Oh, mom was all, she, she let me use the credit card. She wanted, she wanted grandkids at an early age. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, so you were the you were the baller at the movies when like a group of you would go. You were the well, I didn't I didn't have friends, but like if I were to go, like yeah, I would have been baller. <laughs> yeah, so I think AMC, like I said, I think there's just two ways to play this. Either if you were holding from four or five or six or seven or even ten, take two thirds off the table, let the rest ride. Fine, you know maybe there's a chance that this thing goes to five thousand and you know you become like a billionaire. Great, but in the case that everybody's on the same side and this thing goes back to $10. At least you lock some incredible profit. And that's what I think is going to be the most important is that you locked some profit, but yet you're still in it for the game. I still have some stocks like UAVS inside my Roth. I still have some of them from 65 cents, but am I holding full? Hell no. It's up like a thousand percent since then. But will I hold some forever? Yes. And then I think there's the other way to play. And I think that this is going to give kind of like Piton. Uh, about a month ago when Peton was doing earnings and everything, there's so much volume and there's so much liquidity inside the stock that this gives great opportunities to trade it, okay? Not not invest it, not hold it, to trade it, okay? If it starts to really create a really defined you know, support and resistance, that gives you great risk reward from a trading perspective. Uh, it's not like, it's it, like, I'm not talking, like I said, I'm not talking like, hey, you buy it and hold it overnight. Maybe you hold it one night, but I'm talking it's hitting support. It's failing. It's breaking down. So you hammer the short side or it's find support, find support, double taps, starts to curl back up and you take it for a 2%, 5% trade. That's what I'm talking about. You know, a really nice high risk reward trade. Do you think there are any chances there's any of the funny business go on with uh, Robin Hood and 
like all the brokers again with with these going up. Obviously, they're more of a steady rise. But again, the other two, AMC and GME last time, they were kind of steady rises until the day they were like, you know what, moon time. I think Buy, Sell, Short said it best on Twitter. He said, if you think that AMC with a market cap of $11 billion is getting completely controlled by retail, you're out of your mind. And I think I, it was something along the lines of that. And I think that's so right. Listen, as much as we love retail, again, 70 to 80% of the market is controlled by algorithms, which are controlled by big banks. So if you think that $11 billion company is being affected a lot by you know Reddit with like someone with like $1,000, listen, yes, retail is definitely affecting it. But this is one of those scenarios where I kind of go back to the market makers using headlines to bring SPY down. Like for instance, like spy spy sometimes will be down like three percent on a headline that most times won't even move spy, and that's because the market makers are shielding are shielding the moves behind the headlines. And I think this is the same way that market makers are saying, like you know, Reddit saying you know Moon AMC, Moon AMC, and these market makers are sitting there like. Yeah, let's moon AMC. You know, they've just been accumulating this. If you look at the chart, they've just been accumulating this for like what a month and a half now. So everyone thought that it was over. They're sitting there just accumulating this this you know billion dollar company, and then all of a sudden, you know, one Reddit post gets AMC going again, and these guys are like, hell yeah, let's let's triple our money. You know, so I think this is like one of those like behind the scenes where there's always like that invisible hand behind the scenes, and I think that this is one of those cases. That was uh, one thing that was kind of nice about Trump is because he could just say, you know, he he knew what he was doing with the market, but at the same time, it wasn't like sugarcoating it on Twitter whenever he's like, yeah, I've got COVID. Yup, boom, market tank, you know, shit like that. But, you know, thinking of that makes it gave feel- great opportunities both yeah. ways. Like you could, like when he got COVID, you, <laughs> you had like a minute to short. Yeah. Because he, you know, they probably found out within literally an hour of him catching it. He was probably getting contested all the time. And, um, exactly. He, yeah. He recovered in what, like four days? Well, that was the thing was that you could have shorted it down 4%. And then, uh, and then was it like a day and a half later? He, there was a report that he's trying to leave the hospital or something. Yeah. And he's like tweeting out, like, I'm fine. Like, COVID's fake. It's like, so then, boom. I think the market ripped like four and a half percent overnight. And then all of a sudden it went on like this parabolic move. Yeah. Now, I, well, one thing that I thought whenever I was thinking of that was I wonder if, if Trump's Twitter was active during the AMC GME first round. I would have just loved to see his tweets. I'm sure he would imagine if he was bullish on it. Oh my, oh my God! Like I love what re- I love what retail traders are doing. GME to the moon. <laughs> you, you know he would have tweeted something like like I love popcorn or like uh, like. Like uh, Mrs. Trump loves going to the movies, you know, like something like that. Like I, I could totally, you know, that he would get in the mix somehow, or, or he'd probably take a stance on it, saying that, um, that he loves a free market, that this is, yeah. you know, but I mean, like envisioned. that, you know, that maybe, that'd be perfect if he just said, "I love yeah. a free market." Oh my god, yeah, shorts would have that's to probably come. what I think. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, amazing. exactly. That's really what I think would probably happen. He probably wouldn't say like, "Oh, long AMC," but, uh, but I think that he would probably make a stance that he loves a free market, that he's always been for the little guy, you know, like things like uh, he would have just. I mean, he would have just gaslighted the entire situation, but you know, yeah. He, oh my, or he retweets Zach Morris. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, at this point, we wouldn't even be shocked. No, nah, it'd just be like par for the course. Um, but <laughs> so aside from meme stocks and everything, uh, you know, like another thing, uh, with those is is how we were talking about the sympathies off of just those you saw. I think it's EXPR, um, naked. Yeah, uh, you know, naked yep, was naked, like a Black swing Bird. from last week, and it, and it went up a good bit, but. Dropped all the way back down to 50 cents. Looking at it again, it hit 69 cents or 70 cents. They've been rocking. The sympathies, the sympathy's been heating up. And, and Naked was actually the meme stock sympathy that I played. I, I missed the GME AMC this time. So I was like, you know what? Naked seems to run with them. And that's the one I happened to catch. So it, it's nice to see that. And, and because a lot of these have so much room now. After two months of just being beaten down daily, 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 daily. I mean, now it's, you know, they're cheap and no, people know they're cheap and it's, it's reversal time. No, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. And I think the other one is BlackBerry, is BB. Uh, I mean, this thing, it, although it hit 12 recently, when it was trading at um, 28. <laughs> so, I mean, 12 really still isn't like a crazy move. I mean, it went from four to 28 and it hit like seven again. It, in hindsight, I was talking about this with someone, in hindsight, like this, some of these were no brainers, like Ford under five, no brainer, you know, like naked under 50, no brainer, ITRM under a dollar, no brainer, you know, um, some of these were, were such easy because growth had taken such a big hit because it was like someone had just pulled the air out of the small cap or growth market. And all these just deflated because there was an algo, you know, shorting them down and there was no bid to support them. So if you look at the chart, they're all the same. They all have this massive downtrend on the 180 day chart. And what that does is, is that when you, like I said, is that I, I think that when these algorithms are shorting them down, when they go away, which I think is soon, I think they're slowly, what, what you kind of see is like a gradual move. I think that when they're done, I mean, all these are, have a <laughs> beautiful chart you know, bottomed out, huge downtrend. If they break, when they break those downtrends, all they're going to do is set off another scanner and another algorithm for a massive downtrend, you know, for, for a pop. And it doesn't, you know, we don't need these things to double, but, you know, to see like BB go from seven to 12, that's a great sign. You know, now if it back tests that prior resistance, now support on the big downtrend, yeah, then it's like, where could this thing go? Because the next, the next real resistance is like 18. You know, so I think it's like going to be really exciting because there's so many different avenues that this could go. And I just think that we've seen max pain. And when I started looking on like sentiments of Twitter and stuff, you saw people that genuinely made tons of money. Let's call it like 80 grand. Okay. With the, with the first round of meme stocks. And then they lost it all. If not like an extra 10 grand. Yeah. You know, like that, that was a conversation I was having with someone was that he had made 80,000 and he had lost it all and actually ended up losing 10,000. He was like, I'm done. I'm done. So I think that we've seen Max Payne. I think that everybody that made money, if they continued to try and trade and they were new to the market, then they probably lost some money. And I think that now, like I said, is that I think that we're getting close. I think, I think this is going to be a really good summer. And I think that there's not going to be many beach times in Alabama for you, Dano. Damn. Well, one, one more thing before we, we go on to is, is what we used to call the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, cryptocurrency. You want to put your money where your mouth is? I think you said if it was under 35000 you would dabble and buy your first coin. 
if you want to refute that statement, I'm sure there is some nerd out there that listens that would be more than happy to find us that recording of you saying it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I did say that. Okay, so this is this is how I okay. How we talked about growth after the mean stocks is how I see crypto right now. I think crypto is going to be. Do we hate China? <laughs> Aren't they? China's like one of the reasons it's dying right now. I'm pretty oh, sure. See, they're that's like the thing that is that I listen. We knew regulation was going to come. Okay, they can't just that. Like what happened with the pipeline with these guys that just took over the pipeline, requested like what is it, ninety million in Bitcoin, and then just you know were paid, and no, nobody will ever know them. Or what was you know, or some of these altcoins where the guys stole like thirty two million. The, the, yeah, this is, I, I forget the something. name. It was like Pfizer. Yeah, Kofi, Kofi one hundred. Yeah, I like think, thirty two yeah, million. Thirty two million. Yeah, thirty two million is not like a thousand dollars to where like the government's like, Meh. like you shouldn't have been stupid. Thirty two million is a lot of fucking yeah, dude. Money. And we're sitting here making this stupid podcast and trading, and we could have just pump and dumped our own cryptocurrency and yeah. Left. So I think it's like one of those things where where I I think that regulation was going to come, and now it'll be interesting to see because. The Fed really hasn't taken a position. I'll be interested to see because they will have to take a position. Everything in government takes a long time, but it's going to get to a point to where it's, you know, they, they don't have a choice, but they have to take a position. And based on that position is going to be really, really interesting because I think there's three different avenues that, that we can go. Either, <laughs> this one sounds the weirdest but, or the craziest, but either we create our own cryptocurrency like the government does, you know? Where they can regulate it, it everything's neatly filed, things of that, things like that. It's neatly filed, you know. It's documented. You have to pay taxes on it. I think that that's one avenue that I would not be shocked. You know, I know that like a lot of people, a lot of people would be against that because then it's like, okay, big brother, big brother. But I think that that's one way that they could do it. The other way, they just make fucking spy. <laughs> you know, you just buy and sell shit with spy. Like. <laughs> If they're going to make their own shit. But, like, you can't have these. Like, I, there's there's so many stories of, like, drug... Even, like, I know a guy who, you know, he was drug dealing for 15 years, and he would just buy crypto because he was, like, he didn't know what to do with the cash, so he'd bought crypto. And now he's worth, like, $15 million. Like, from selling, like, weed on the weekends. <laughs> like, it was just... Dude, there's people, yeah, that, that sell... That, I mean, you, there, there are stories of people... Going through dump like landfills because they have hundreds of millions of dollars in Bitcoin from just long time ago, and they're like, "I threw that computer out years ago." And there's just they're like, "I mean, you can try, but there's zero point zero zero percent chance you'll find." Yeah, it. so you can't just have. You, you, I think I think at some point regulation has to come, and I don't think, like I said, I think it's either we create our own coin. Or two, regulation cracks down on right now on Bitcoin right now, and kind of everyone's grandfathered in. Like, hey, if you're a drug dealer, you're worth twenty million now. Great, you know, like like you got us. You know, I think that's kind of the, one of the ways that the government plays it. Like, hey, you got us, but now now we got your ass. You know, now everyone then the drug dealers can be like, all right, like sick, like great, I'll live on my fifteen million. Oh no, you know, and I think that I, I think that that's. The other way that goes, that regulation just becomes so stiff that if you were to cash out your Bitcoin and bring the cash over to your bank account or whatever, you know, let's say you buy a house with it, that, um, you know, the, the IRS is just sitting there waiting for you. And if they can't, 
And if you get audited and you can't prove where that income comes from and they don't count cryptocurrency as like an income, let's call it, then, you know, you're on the line for like 50% of that. You know, if they consider it like a lottery win, then you're on the line for, for a hefty tax. And so that's one way that they could do it. And I think the third way is that they just, I don't think they could take this approach, but they could just ban it. I don't think they take that approach. I don't think they can take that approach. But I'm saying that that it is a viable option. You know, like like there still is like a small chance. So I think that those are the three. I think But then it's like what happens to all the money in there? Like there yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. I don't think that'll happen. But I mean, hey, Um, hey, at one time they they you know, prohibition. Yeah. Oh God, I'd hate that. (laughs) Um well that's for crypto. There hasn't really been a defined sector recently. And one thing we want to talk about is how to make money when there's not a defined sector. Obviously, you can play them as they come. You know, sometimes there'll be semiconductors running. Sometimes it'll be, well, it's never Bitcoin miners anymore. Uh, sometimes it'll be uh, the meme stocks or, or bios or, or just, just last week, all the Alzheimer's plays were running off of just one PR. So are, are you just playing them as they come or are you trying to predict them? How can you make money when you just have no idea what tomorrow's sector is going to bring? Yeah, so I, I have been accumulating a lot of bios because of this ASCO and Alzheimer's just kind of added to my theory that I think that bios are going to be the sector that really goes next. When I look at future catalysts and catalysts upcoming, uh, ASCO I sound like a broken record, but that's the one that I've been waiting for. That's the one that I think that, hey, like, yeah, like some bios won't do well, but I think that I've done enough DD on a few that I have that they have, they give me really good risk reward. And so that's why I've been accumulating bios because again, growth, when growth gets hit, bios are the first thing to get hit. Like, but like it's not even, they'll be down 50% while the rest of growth is down like 10%. And that sucks if you're holding bios, but it gives a really good opportunity from what I've noticed over my career is that it gives a really good opportunity to curl back and to, you know, I mean, when, when things are, I mean, we saw ONTX, ONTX almost doubled, you know, and that's because it bottomed out a, a, you know, flew down, gave really great opportunity and uh, you know, it came out with a little bit of good news and there were shorts packed in, it was bottomed out, it was super cheap and that thing almost doubled. So that's why I tend to go towards bios anyway. But then on top of it, the catalyst that I see right now inside the near term is the ASCO conference, which is bio. And it's not like, like if there was like an EV conference that all the small caps were talking at or something like that, then maybe I would, maybe I would go that route. But right now, based on growth being, when growth gets hit, bio is the first thing to get hit. And two, ASCO is coming up. And that's where I think that we could see, you know, like a Sava type move. And if we get like a Sava type move, then, you know, that's going to, that's going to, that's when the low flow bios and all the other bios go. And we just see, I think we see like one of those days again, where everything in small or cap or growth is just up 20%. And that, that'll be a really nice day to see. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned uh, about the, it not being EV because I saw some chatter of maybe EVs kind of being one of the next things um, with some call sweeps on like CCIV and what's the other one, like REO or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because like KNDI, although I, I hate KNDI as a company, you know, I mean, it moves really well with bios. And 
Interestingly enough, uh, last year it hit three and then went all the way to 17. Came back down to five, went all the way to back to 1750. Now it's at 540 again. And so it's like, huh, you know, this is, this is, you know, this is an interesting spot because it could either continue to grind down or maybe this is like where we take a little nibble, you know, and we kind of just wait and wait because again, like it, it, last time they hit five or it was even like a little bit higher than this, it was like six, it went all the way to 17, you know? And, and so I think that EVs are definitely, my, my, I would love bios to set off and then I just roll the money into EVs. I mean, that would be perfect, you know? Like Biden, Biden starts talking about EVs and he, and he wants to have like a summit towards the end of the summer. That would be my ideal situation because like KNDI's bottomed out or starting to bottom out. You know, you have some of those other ones. Um, what is it, like Solo? I know, I know this is this is off topic for, for EVs, but still cars and bottomed out. And this is fucking crazy. Lots was at four dollars. Yeah. Four dollars. I was thinking about calls, but then I was like, you know what? This place hasn't done any good. You know, I thought calls at seven probably would have been a good idea. So I don't know if calls at five are a good idea. So I uh Sticking out of that race, but man, that one is down there. I I saw I saw someone I saw someone DM me and said, "Hey, have you cut your losses on lots?" I was like, "My stop loss was at ten dollars." Yeah, well, it's, well, so every single time that it came near the fifty uh, SMA, it rejected it hard. So now the fifty SMA is sitting at almost seven dollars, and the stock closed at four thirty. So now you know, if it can start to create support at that $4, one, that valuation makes more sense than at 12. At 12, it, it was worth like a stupid amount. The, the, at 12, the lots market cap was stupid because the market cap right now is 500 million. So with that, it was like 1.5 billion. And that doesn't make sense. Billion, yeah. That doesn't make and sense. And there's only like seven, there's like eight yeah, car lot. Exactly. And and when I say car lot, I literally mean car space lot. Like where there's a few cars. Exactly. And so I think that even though it although we get a dividend, I don't think that the valuation at that number set it. One of the things that was kind of that kind of made me mad was the and, and this happens a lot, is that the management overpromised. And they said that they were going to quadruple their sales that revenue was going to go through the roof, that they were going to open up like, I think it was 10 locations within the next eight to 12 months. And when you overpromise, it, you get a lot of hype. And then the first bad sign, because again, it's the move is priced in for all of these things to happen. So then when you get a bad sign, that's when the ugliness starts. And then like you break like the $10 mark. And I mean, you, you know, you retest it one or two times and then it's just straight down. So one of the things is that management overpromised. You know, it was all during the SPAC hype. So this was a really, in hindsight, this, I mean, whoa, could you imagine if you shorted at 12? In hindsight, this should be a learning experience for a lot of people as, hey, these things can go a lot lower. And also to take a look and say, hey, you know, this could be a really big company. Personally, my favorite SPAC is UWMC because I think they have the most upside and I think their valuation makes sense and there's their profitability. And dividends. And dividends and their profitability is through the roof. I think that they used SPAC the right way. Lots, management overpromised. It was inside the hype. Now it's getting close to where I could be like, okay, 
you know what? This is now. Now this is getting ridiculous because now the valuation is is going to be undervalued. You know. I uh, speaking of UWMC, got a got a little hundred percent option on that. Whenever I saw the Wall Street bets hitting, heating up on, I think Wednesday, thought I was like, you know, whenever those heat up, they usually hit Rocket, and you know what happens when Rocket gets hit, UWMC gets hit. Sometimes finding that long chain of sympathies, even though it may be a long shot. You know, UWMC, it was already cheap for the, it was like 860 or 850 whenever I first got it. And then, you know, I noticed GameStop, AMC, they're all up 20%. And the next thing they usually go for is like the, a little bit bigger meme stops like Rocket. They're, they're for sympathies. But Rocket has its own sympathy that has nothing to do with meme stocks. And it, you know, so being able you to- You play that one really well. Correlate those. Yeah, when, when you can like find your spider web and- interconnect what goes where yeah man you can and, and knowing the original sympathies off of these meme stocks because the meme stocks aren't crazy wall street bets they're insane they're they're rambo you know you, you never know what they're gonna do so so be ready to get the ones like that whenever whenever the opportunity arises but going back to sector identification or if there is none like let's say there's just none this next week i mean there's a day there may be cancer news one day maybe saying masks are still good, mask new. Some how how are we playing? Yeah. So I think the first thing is going to be we can't assume that sympathies are back completely, but also we don't want to miss the bus. So let's just say that something, for instance, like Rocket is starting to run, or even let's use like AMC. Okay. I think that what how I'm gonna play it is is that if we wake up and we see things, you know, up ten percent. What I want to do is that when I wait the first 15 minutes to open, see what they do. Okay. Because chances are that, you know, it's Memorial Day, three day weekend. People start bidding something up Tuesday pre market. And then all of a sudden, like 9 45, it just fades, you know, just like fades really hard. You know, all we need is one seller in there. And all of a sudden, now, now it goes from up 10% to back to even. So I think that it's going to be really important, especially towards the beginning of this week, to take it slow. You know, FOMO is really high right now because you know everybody sees the inflow back into growth everyone sees the movement everybody's excited it's a three-day weekend kids are home from college high schools are starting to graduate there's there's tons of inexperienced traders now coming back into the market so what i want to see you know it's kind of like the it's kind of like the beach you know everyone's so excited for memorial day to get to the beach you know and then all of a sudden traffic's backed up oh (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, it, but it, that's a perfect example that there's many things that can stop this parade. You know, there's many things that can stop this weekend. So I would first 15, 20 minutes, I would take a deep breath, not trade anything for the first 15, 20 minutes. Because again, if people start bidding AMC up and it's up 10% pre-market and all of a sudden 945, you know, one big seller comes in and now we're back to even on light volume, you know, that's going to scare people. And then all of a sudden now it's like, okay, shoot, like, let me sell, let me sell, let me sell. I'm down 5%. I'm down 5%. Let me sell, let me sell. And then all of a sudden now it's just, you know, you get one of those like, like cliff days where it's just like so much selling pressure, you know, things, it's so much selling pressure. And that's why I think that it's really important to, especially this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wait out the first 15 minutes and see what's happening. Okay, and then if a sector or a stock is identified as a runner, pick up the sympathies, but go small. Okay, if your regular starter on a stock is five thousand dollars, 
on the sympathy, make it $1,000, okay? Because if the stock dies, obviously the sympathy is going to die with it. So you can get out with a small, you know, scrape, let's call it. Where if you go in at 5,000 and then you add one more time, now you're in at 10,000. Now it's like, okay, if this sympathy dies, now, now you're down a good buck. So wait the first 15 minutes. If a sector or a stock is identified, have your watch list up, hit the sympathies, okay? And then once you hit the sympathy, hit the, hit the sympathy small, okay, get a feel for it again. And then take, you know, if watch the lead horse, the lead horse starts to die, boom, cut the sympathy Take your profit, whatever it is, and then call it a day. Because one of the things that I'm trying to preach here is that, listen, small caps will come back. Sympathies will come back. But playing a sympathy is not like playing the main runner because there's not as much volume, okay? it's it's a, although, although it's running with the main stock, it's a completely different ball game, you know? So you got And you got to watch them both, too. You got to watch them both. When you're in a both. sympathy, you got to have your eyes on both things because if you're like, why is this dropping? Well, you Probably because the other one. Exactly. And so it's been a it's been a few months since sympathies have run. Okay. And it can be really easy to get out of that like muscle memory of, hey, the the you know, big knife candle on the main stock cut my loss or you know, cut for 10% gain, something like that, you know, or hey, this is a pullback ad sell, you know, things things like that. So what I really want to see is is that I want to see everybody have really good risk management, have a defined plan. Okay, boom, I wait the first 15 minutes, a stock is identified breaking through resistance, I grab the sympathy on support. Okay, I grab it small so that no matter what, it's not a big win or a big loss, you know, it's lunch money, or lunch money, you know, e one way, it's a win lunch money, or I'm eating ramen today. Okay, because when small caps do come back really well, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see the thousand paper cuts right now so that now your account's down 10, 15% and then small caps come back and you're like, damn, I wish I had that 10%. You know, like, like now this is like, now it's like, boom, you grab a sympathy of moons, you know? So I really want to see defined plans this week. Wait 15 minutes, okay? Wait 15 minutes, identify the runner, pick up a sympathy, a small beer size, and then, you know, really good muscle memory. Boom. You know, it, no no hesitation. First thought, the runner starts to die a little bit. Boom, sell half. You know, the runner starts to get kill candle, sell half. Support, I buy. Comes up to resistance, I sell half. You know, like I really want to see that defined plan because that's what a trader is. And and that's where, you know, if you want to be inside this game for longevity, the last few months have been tough. Okay, if your account's down, you can't take another 10, 15% haircut. Yeah, one thing uh, you mentioned that I feel like I really learned and got better at during these past few months is lunch money or lunch money I, there were so many times i had to be okay this is a 50 dollar gain this is a hundred dollar gain and just take it you know those weren't you know not everything was working i'm playing a lot smaller size and i can't i can't look back at those trades and be like damn you know i sh definitely should have held longer because 2020 hindsight every time you know no one's got it but I, I still haven't even started buying uh, things in the morning, um, only selling. I haven't even been doing much pre-market trades at all, aside from sales if I see a pop. But yeah, I'm still just waiting to get back into it. I'm still waking up like two and a half hours before market opens, checking it, watching it. But, you know, these, like we always say, there's nothing to wake up for these days. <laughs> but no, I mean, pre-market has been boring, but hopefully it starts heating up. But moving on. You got some DD. We haven't done DD in a while. We were just talking about bios. You got some. I know. Are you, you want to do ITRM? 
Yeah, we'll do ITRM. Okay, so ITRM um, is... I'm too ridiculously mad. ITRM. Okay. I'm too ridiculously mad. Okay, so obviously it was a swing from a couple months ago. It had to delay in data, causing it to drop to under a dollar from like 120, 140 range. And we are we we got some news again this week. It's back in business. What what do we need to know about ITRM? Yeah. So first off, this is going to be the good, the bad, the ugly, the three scenarios I see, and everything that I was able to find on the company. I know that there's a lot of ITRM, uh, I don't even know, groupies. Can I call them groupies? Um, Listen, this upcoming trial is ITRM's make it or break it. Okay. I want to say that right now again. This is ITRM's make it or break it. Okay. They They have come close to approval twice. This is number three. They are also, <laughs> this, you know, the, the one that they're uh, testing right now is also their only candidate, okay? It's a sole candidacy, late-stage clinical biotech, all right? When you break that down, what that means is, is that they're late-stage and they only got one batter on the team, okay? He strikes out and it's gone. He hits a home run he gets $300 million, okay? That's how we have to look at ITRM. So the good news, okay, I like the science behind it. I, I'm leaning towards approval, okay? 65-35 approval in my opinion, okay? But that doesn't mean that I would hold it all through. So there's three different scenarios that I could see, okay? First, if you're like ITRM to 15, sell half or sell two-thirds before approval, okay? Because if this thing does not get approved, it, it's, it'll be ugly, all right? Now, the good news, one, their finances are solid. They have tons of cash. They have cash through 2022, probably even part of 2023. Based on this current burn rate, they have more than enough cash for at least a year and a half Honestly, maybe closer to two years. Uh, it, 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 their finances are solid. I know that in. I know that a lot of people got pissed when they did that massive offering. That massive offering was good because now you really don't have to worry anything. And it, what, it, if this drug is approved, commercializing is expensive. Okay, everything gets really expensive. What people don't understand is is that listen, the the hard part is getting approval. Then uh, the harder part is financing everything that you have to do just to sell the drug. Bob talked about this, but most of these companies rack up tons of debt. Like I'm talking like hundreds and hundreds of million dollars. So nobody wants to touch them. Even if they can make them, you know, 400 million a year, nobody wants to touch a company with 500 million debt. You know, like nobody wants, nobody's touching that. You know, it, unless it's like cancer, Alzheimer's, you know, something like that. Nobody wants to touch that. Okay. So like I said, from a financial standpoint, they have more than enough cash, small debt. I think it's 40 million in debt. That's really good news. Okay. The now moving on to their management. Okay. Their current CEO. Okay. Actually sold. Okay. So Corey Fishman uh, found the company in 2015. Before ITRM, he served five years as CFO and COO of 
D-U-R-A-T-A therapy. I don't know how to say it. Dorada. Dorada, is that it? Okay. They actually sold Dorada. Okay. They sold, so he, he, for Dorada, he basically did the IPO. He got them enough cash. That's basically like a fancy word of saying they did an offering. Okay. And he also led the negotiations in their um, buyout. Okay. Now what that tells me is that that's probably the end goal for our, our ITRM if this is approved. So if, if I'm going to take it from 2015 on, he probably sold Dorada. He said, wow, you know, there's a lot of money in buyouts. Started the company and he wanted to do, so most times it's not a good thing when it's just a sole, you know, like drug company, like one, one drug, you know, candidacy. I think uh, I used like one hitter before. Uh, but for him, I think he looked at it as, hey, you know, let me focus on one area. Let me not rack up tons of debt because I've been through this and I understand that companies don't, buyouts don't happen if companies have huge debt. So let me put all my chips on the table. Let me put them all onto this one stock. I mean, this one, uh, this one, you know, candidacy and let me go from there. Uh, because if approved, then I can just sell the company for, you know, it's called like 400 million or something or 500 million. And, you know, and that's it. Or if I don't, then, you know, then I can continue to work at it. You know, so the really good news is that he's done buyouts. He understands the game. And Bob talked about this. He understands what has to happen outside of the science. And that's one of the things that is really tough inside the small cap bio world is that sometimes you don't get good CEOs or you don't get good management teams. And what happens is that they have a really good science. They have really good science but their finances are a fucking mess or they can't commercialize and they end up dropping like a hundred million dollar offering just to commercialize the drug. And it's like, dude, come on. Like nobody wants to buy a float of like 400 million. Okay. So he understands the science and he understands the outside of the science. That's the really good part of this. Okay. As I said, I like the science behind it. I do think that it's on its side to get approved, but I would, if you're a holder, you know, holder for 15, I would sell two thirds at data. Me personally, I have some, but I'm going to buy some probably at the end of June. So probably like literally right before July, I'm probably going to buy some and let, let it run up because I think it can see a nasty run up, but I'm not going to buy it until the end of June because I want to pull back a little bit. You know, I want people to be like, great, great news, you know, great. This is fantastic news. Now let's get, this is fantastic news, you know, take your profit and then let it pull back a little bit. And then I'll start building position towards the end of June and give it a four week run up. I will not hold through data. I will not hold through data because as I said, if this thing is not approved, I mean, my price target is, see, they have a lot of cash, but my price target's honestly probably a dollar, um, probably even like 75 cents if, if unapproved. If approved, 450 to five, if they really start to do well with the sales, so I'm talking like, okay, if on approval, 455, then within a year, they should start to commercialize, start to sell. You know, if sales start to go the way that I think they can go, which is like 400 million a year, let's call it, then my price target would be anywhere between seven and 10, depending on how they do their financing. If rumors start to float around of a buy option, because I think that that is the CEO's 
the name of the game. Like I think that's that's his end goal. Okay, I think he, I think he's had that goal in mind since 2015 to get this thing approved, to get this thing commercialized, and sell it. Okay, everything. When I look back, everything that he's done has basically been kind of leading them up to a buyout. You know, to put themselves inside the best position for a buyout. So like shit can really get crazy if sales start to go and rumors start to do well and they start to create partnerships. You know, they have a partnership with Pfizer. Or it's licensed out to Pfizer. If you know rumors start to fly of a buyout, because again, that's when I would be really interested. Okay, if approved, and with we're sitting back here in eight months, and they're starting to commercialize, they're starting to do sales, and you know buyout options start to start to uh, emerge. That's when I would be really interested because this guy has really good history of buyouts. So, like I said, price target four fifty to five if approved. Okay, seven on good sales and who knows after that you know like then then stuff can start getting crazy with buyout rumors if it's unapproved then it's basically just worth whatever cash it has and that's probably sub a dollar maybe 75 cents yeah that's a that's a pretty clean play though i'd say but i mean if it is approved i'd say it's definitely clean and one good way to always stay clean is with the lawnmower 4.0 Brand new from manscaped.com, which you can get for 20% off and free shipping using code PGIR. That's P-G-I-R. And let me tell you, this one is waterproof, wireless charging, travel lock. It, It has an LED spotlight on it. This is what you need to trim your jewels. That's all I'm gonna say this time. Brand new, would be great for your dad for Father's Day. Make sure to get your dad clean this Father's Day using code PGIR at manscaped.com. And there's one more segment I had. I'm recording this afterwards. But I did say I would do our best and worst trades of the week. Hugh didn't really trade this week because he was in Vegas. However, I did. Uh, My best trade was, I mentioned it earlier, was the UWMC 100% options uh, after the rocket sympathy got picked up. And my worst trade Uh, I bought Reed, R-E-E-D, on the Walmart news, and it went up to 117. I was up like $8,000 on it. I held it for far, far, far too long, and ended up, I'm bagged. Your boy's bagged around uh, a little under my average. So trying to get out, but, you know, I'm I'm hoping for a nice little pop or another PR. You know, Walmart, baby. But, uh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we really appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, hopefully, we've provided some some knowledge that you guys can take with you to the market. And yeah, man, it seems like the market is definitely is definitely getting getting a little cutesy again. So hopefully, we can all continue banking. Should we do a giveaway? Yeah, let's do it. Mouse or keyboard? Both. Okay. How about how about uh, just a hundred dollar Amazon gift card? Yeah, I like that. Something easy. Okay, hundred dollar Amazon gift card. You got you got to retweet the podcast, and you got to just make sure you retweet, like the podcast, and follow us both. And we're gonna pick one person that retweets the PGIR podcast, and we'll announce the winner on Wednesday. Hundred dollar Amazon gift card to your crib, or probably just to your email. So please, guys, five star, like, retweet, and peace, love, and podcast.